Hey, it's Glenn Washington from Snap Judgment. And if you love what you're hearing, and I know you love what you're hearing, please consider becoming a KQED member. You get special access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. Plus, you'll sleep better at night knowing you did your part for the community you depend upon. It's in you. Please be in it. Visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to sign up now. That's podcast with an S. Thanks. From KQED. In early 2016, the Canadian rapper Drake and his team were feeling unsure. They had this new song, One Dance, that was different from the rap and R&B singles that Drake was known for. One more time I go, powers it was part dance hall, a little pop, and thanks to the involvement of Nigerian artist Wizkid, it had a heavy hand of Afrobeats. Listen for that driving drum beat. Drake and his team were so nervous about how the song would be received that they released it at the same time as another, more conventional rap song. Of course, if you went just about anywhere in 2016, you know how this story ends. One Dance shot to the top of the charts, and it stayed there. It became the most played song ever on Spotify, with more than a billion plays, and it helped introduce the entire genre of Afrobeats to a mainstream American audience. African pop stars have been on a tear ever since. Their songs are constantly going viral on TikTok, and the genre has become a go-to for DJs looking to liven up a party. Today on Bay Curious, we're heading out with Jessica Carissa as she goes searching for the Bay Area's African music scene and finds quite the party. This episode is sure to put you in a good mood, so crank it up. I'm Olivia Allen Price. Support for Bay Curious comes from Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Committed to brewing things the right way since 1980, because when you're a family-run brewery, there's no other way to do it. Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Still family-owned, operated, and argued over. And be sure to stay tuned through the end of the show so you can play our monthly trivia game for a chance to win some cool prizes. Hey there, this is Brittany Luce from NPR's It's Been a Minute. KQED's podcasts like The Bay, Bay Curious, Mind Shift, Right Nowish, and more all tell the stories of the Bay and beyond with reliable, human-centered journalism. They aim to inspire, make you think, entertain, and expand your understanding of the place you call home. Here's how you can support podcasting at KQED. Showing your support is easy, and you can join Brittany in supporting KQED Podcast too at donate.kqed.org slash podcast. That's donate.kqed.org slash podcast. Reporter Jessica Carissa is Ugandan-American, and she spent years listening to and writing about African pop music. When she moved to California earlier this year, she wasn't sure what she'd find by way of African music here. Living in San Jose and working in San Francisco, she wasn't even seeing a lot of people who looked like her on a daily basis. But she discovered a scene that's thriving. And her journey all began with a tip from a song by a Nigerian pop star. Bye. 
I'm from the East Coast, and before I moved out here to the Bay, if you had asked me what I knew about this place, I'd probably say something about hippies, hills, or hyphy, and of course, Silicon Valley. But I never thought of African music, not until I heard this. That's Fireboy DML's inescapable hit, Peru, a quintessential example of the type of African pop music that's in the midst of a huge crossover here in the U.S. Fireboy's song landed a major hip-hop remix from 21 Savage and Blast. And another from global pop star Ed Sheeran. When I moved to the Bay Area in February of 2022, I couldn't get that line about San Francisco out of my head. Turns out, Fireboy DML actually recorded the song in San Francisco for a local indie label. It also turns out that lots of folks are jamming to African music in nightclubs and venues all across the Bay Area. In the few short months I've been here, some of the most exciting stars of Afropop, including Fireboy, Oxlade, DJ Mafariza, and Jules, have passed through here and many more are coming. The name is Martin, but everybody knows my stage name as DJ Slim. Okay. And my, my tagline has always been DJ Slim straight from Africa. Slim happened to be the first DJ I heard at the very first party I went to when I arrived in the Bay a couple months ago. I stumbled upon a regular event called Soundgasm in San Jose. When I walked in, there was Slim, queuing up hit after hit, like Assurance by Davido and Case by Tenny. I found out Slim's been a major player in the African club scene in the Bay for close to two decades. He's one of the best people to talk to to learn about the history of the scene. DJ Slim grew up in Nairobi and moved to the Bay Area in 2001. He moved in with his sister who was already living in Oakland. His sister's boyfriend at the time was a DJ and had a set of turntables in the house. Slim had never considered DJing before, but his love of music inspired him to give it a shot. I would just practice in the house when my sisters at work during the day. At that time, my love was reggae and dancehall, right? That's the time for everyone falls in love. That era, right? Heads high, that's all you heard the whole time. It wasn't hard to find the reggae scene in the Bay Area. African music, though, was a challenge to find, especially for someone who is new to town. We were really a niche crowd, niche music. That's what right. we were, right? You could only listen to Makosa, Sukusa, Lingala. You'd never see a flyer, but it was a word of mouth, like, yeah. oh, this is where to find this music. The first time Slim heard someone playing African music in the Bay Area, it came from an unexpected source. There was another venue in Buckley called Shatak Downlow. Each and every second Saturday, they would have this international theme. It's hip-hop, it's Caribbean music. But there was this DJ, a white guy, his name is DJ Fuse. DJ Fuse used to be Tupac's DJ, Tupac Shakur, and Digital Underground. Still clam when the underground, when we come around. 
But DJ Fuse had gone on tour to Paris, mm. France. Mm. And when he was there, he's a curious guy. So he's like, oh, what music is this they're listening to? So he collected Premier Go. That's the 1999 Pan-African hit by Ivorian group Magic System. So he played it while we were there at the club. So I ran to the DJ booth and I'm like, how does this guy know this music? There's no YouTube, there's nothing, right? And then after uh, Gawo, he put Carolina and then he put like three more. So Africans, we went crazy. And at that moment, I was like, this is what I want to do. And I want to do it the African style. DJ Slim started off throwing house parties for the Kenyan community, where he would cycle between dance hall, reggae, and a few CDs of African pop music, which he would get from someone who'd recently traveled home. It wasn't the most efficient way to share music, but it worked in bringing together different groups of Africans in the Bay. Nigerians used to hang out with Kenyans a lot here. So one of the gentlemen, it's called Osagi, used to be a promoter. Osagi came at a Kenyan event and heard me play and was like, yo, I'm going to invite you for this Nigerian event. Just come. We'll give you the music. And guess what he gave me? Mm. No one but you. Mm. P-square. He gave me that CD. says play number one and number four. <laughs> I'll never forget. Hey. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I'm in these private African events whereby Kenyans, Nigerians, we all used to hang out together. We still do. You've seen it in the Bay. We, we don't separate. Eager for bigger and more public spaces, African DJs like Slim started pushing promoters to let them play African music in clubs. Slim and another key figure at the time named DJ Burt started one of the first regular events, a monthly night called First Saturdays. So that was all African music from the beginning to the end. So we'd do the sukus and everything. Now Africans had a place to go at a mainstream club. Since meeting Slim, I've attended a few of his events in Oakland. There, I've never felt out of place. Oakland is rich with Black culture, so an African club is not out of the ordinary. But I was still curious about other parts of the Bay where it is harder to find people who look like me. Then I found a place that's been open for over 20 years, and it's all about African music. Isap Baobab can be found in the heart of San Francisco's Mission District. By day, it's a Senegalese restaurant, and by night, it's a sweaty dance floor pumping out the latest African pop. I checked out Bisap Baobab's grand reopening last month. It's a reopening because in 2019, owner Marco Sangor sold the original space to help pay the legal fees of a sudden immigration battle. With help from community members, he was able to stay in the country, but he lost his venue along the way. Now, after a three-year absence, Bisap Baobab is back in business. It's been a really long time that it's been missing, and there's been placeholders, so this is really like the original place that we love, so I'm really happy to be back. I should to come every Wednesday for the salsa night, 
and then on Fridays and Saturdays for the Afrobeat. That's Maya from Palo Alto and her friend Jonathan from Ethiopia. They are among a few people I spoke to that night. Nobody felt comfortable sharing their last names due to privacy reasons, but they all spoke openly about how special Bisat Baobab is to them. My current partner I met through acquaintances that I, like it was kind of a Baobab related meeting. Uh, same for me. Also my partner, I met her here. <laughs> so it has been a very important part of my experience here in the Bay Area. I feel like I found a community here and it made this place much more, much better for me. Inside, the space is awash with shades of orange, red, yellow, and blue, murals, and eclectic art. It doesn't all go together, but it feels like that's the point. It's immediately warm and inviting. At 11 p.m., the dance floor is full of people letting loose. The DJ spins a blend of Latin American, Caribbean, but mostly African music. The vibe is energetically joyful. I'm really enjoying the music and the vibes. I love the African art everywhere. It's like, it's making me feel like hope. That's Ineza. She's from Rwanda, and she tells me this is her first time at Baobab. I think it's shocking that this is in San Francisco. You know, I feel like I've been transported to like a metropolitan African city. She tells me it's shocking because of the lack of black visibility in the city. Chris, a native San Franciscan, feels the same way. Community-wise, uh, Baobab is one of those centers where it's just together, togetherness, should I say. Last hope for the black people around this community, pretty much. When I first set out looking for African music in the Bay, I didn't expect to find much of a community, let alone one that's resilient and in many ways thriving. It's a helpful reminder that there's often much more than meets the eye. And when in doubt, to follow the music. That was Jessica Carissa. She's an intern with the California Report magazine. Victoria Malione edited her story. An earlier version ran on Afropop Close Up, a podcast dedicated to music from Africa and the African diaspora. If you haven't yet, head over to baycurious.org to vote in our November voting round. Here are this month's options. What are the trees in front of San Francisco City Hall and between the Academy of Sciences and DeYoung? And why do they look so scary? What's the history of Fairyland? It's such an iconic East Bay institution, and I have no idea how it came to be. Why don't more people use the bay for boating and sailing? Which one do you think we should tackle next? Cast your vote at baycurious.org. Bay Curious is made by Katrina Schwartz, Brendan Willard, and me, Olivia Allen Price. Darren Tu is our social video intern. Our show is a production of member-supported KQED in San Francisco. Have a great week. Hi, Bay Curious listeners. Are you ready to play May's trivia game? Every month, we read a question here at the end of our episode. You can give us your answers over at our website, kqed.org slash baycurious, or just click the link in the episode description. 
Out of the correct answers, we'll randomly choose one lucky winner to receive a cool prize package with Bay Curious swag and Sierra Nevada goodies. Okay, our question for the month is, the world's longest-running pillow-fighting contest was held from 1966 to 2006 in what Bay Area town? Our trivia quiz is made possible by Sierra Nevada Brewing Company. Good luck! Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest, and I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just what we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, it was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support.